and welcome to the Hooving Review. I am Michael. The definite article, you might say. But you didn't. (laughs) I am the Shelby. So that's how you do it. Well, I guess I can be the me, me, Jeremy. You are a Jeremy. I am a Jeremy. But I am the Jeremy. (laughs) How does that happen? That's awesome. Good job. Just like that. And I am the Colin. Welcome to the Hooving Review. <clears throat> we all have an article now. Oh man, so like this was such a relief of an episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was yeah, just that, that's it was nice it, and refreshing. You know, a new episode with lots of nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah, direction, music, actors, I, showrunner. I liked how Wolf is a character still around. <laughs> I liked. Uh, the Sylvia Donna interactions were phenomenal. The Doctor and oh, Donna doctor. thing. Oh my God! When he first sees her and puts the boxes back on, I like died laughing. Oh, oh, oh. I love how they got really. Qu- they got Donna on board with the Doctor very early. I and let's go right all the way through it. Let's just say you know Donna felt different. We know why. We all knew why and everything else. But we all missed that Doctor Donna. We all missed her. And when she clicked, and he's like. I was back. It was the, like, woo! We're, we're, we're back. We're, we're 100% back to the good old times. And and that landed all the way through till she, as she said it, tossed her coffee. <laughs> Why did it need to be tossed? tossed? I, I mean, I don't feel she, like that was fleshed she out. She well, kind of forgets what's in her hand. No, no, he's talking about the very end. No, I, I, I want to yeah. uh, say that, yeah, I really liked all of that up, like, and I, I liked the, oh, because she had a kid, it was transferred, mm-hmm. and she was able to split it. I thought, wow, what a great solution. And then they went with the, oh, because we're super special women, we can let this that go and let go of it. I, Everything about that was so cringy because, first of all, rude to all genders, mm-hmm. rude. Mm-hmm. And, you know, second of all, like, totally unnecessary. It and would have been a great solution for it to be shared between two people. Yeah. Why couldn't that be the answer? I, but I, third of all, the doctor was a woman just in the previous incarnation. He's not going to forget everything she learned. Plus, Donna was, you know, a... Dr. Donna for, you know, several minutes where she could sit and, like, actually think of the solution. Like, like so it just seems, I don't know, it, it, it was very unnecessary, and uh, that frustrated me about I, it. I get the reason they tried to do it, and they wanted the whole idea of how certain groups of people have found ways to letting go of all that stress, all that anger, all that rage that they have to. And I get that's what I think, was, and I'm not saying that is what it was, but that's what I kind of read into it. That makes sense, but also... But it was real. but as you said, it's cringeworthy because... The rest of it was so beautifully it was, subtle. It, it was, I mean, <clears throat> you know, Colin, I think you, you missed it even at... Uh, I know I did. Yeah, I, I didn't even video. realize that Rose was being bullied for being trans. I, I thought that they were just like some neighbor yeah. boys, and one of the neighbor boys had like was named Jason. That's what I thought for, too. I, I didn't even clue in on that. But no, like, I but, but then, then like you, you know, in the, in the rest of the you know scene, they just suddenly like yeah. a whole like conversation with again, Sylvia. I clued in too, you know? so, so here's the thing about that. That's kind of one of those examples of how that those transgressions are easy to miss. Because you you may not even notice it's happening around you. But that's kind of beautiful because yeah, it, it is. is kind of nice if this, you know, could just be so normal that... Yeah, I mean, 
and and they also did well with the woman with with disabilities who oh, you know was just like don't make me the problem go you gotta love her wheelchair she, she was her great wheelchair was, no no she was absolutely wonderful and and she had some uh, she had some prominent eyebrows yeah mm-hmm. and I, I like something else that was subtle you know about her disability too that I think was a good highlight like she has like some foot mobility yeah she crossed like her leg yeah and I, I feel like that's like highlights just like the vastness of like a spectrum of like why you would need a, a wheelchair why it would be helpful too yeah. that spotlighted that you know usually I think is overlooked talking about wheelchairs <laughs> and I want to get to this point before I go back to the transgender theme I wanted to point out that before this they had a Davros uh, children in need special where they bring back Davros without his quote unquote life support system wheelchair is um, he it, younger? It's supposed to be when he's just before Genesis of the Daleks takes place. So it's possible that they meant for him to be pre-Davros as he is now. But here's the thing is that Russell T. Davies went on to say that he's changing Davros for good. He's going to be a man now because he doesn't want to depict... um, He doesn't want to depict those with disabilities as evil. What? He doesn't want to depict those with disabilities as being capable of running a race of evil beings? What the hell? That's so disrespectful. The problem with that is that Davros is such an established character, and he actually created himself. He made himself more Dalek-like through his own um, experimentation on himself as well as in general. And that's why he ended up in that state. It kind of goes with his character that he kind of formed himself into this kind of, not necessarily just disabled, but just uh, half dog state. I mean, he it's, felt he's definitely a mobility device better. too. But like, who can call the bottom half of Davros a wheelchair? Uh, uh, well, it's like taking Darth Vader and saying, "Oh, we're going to have to make him less uh, uh, less Darth Vader because he's got this life support system. He's also limbless, so he can't be evil anymore. So we'll make him." Uh, uh, totally good from now on. Is that why they did that? <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Uh, no, but I'm just saying, going back to her, this this wonderful character, Russell T. Davies just kind of disproved his suggestion by actually creating this character in a good light. You, I think that it's okay to depict someone who's disabled as evil just as much as it's okay to to, to have someone who's not disabled be good. It's it yeah, kind of like the same thing. Char- this character here is probably enough of the message to say, like, hey, everyone's multifaceted. I, and uh, every type of person can have capacity for goodness mm-hmm. and, and for evil. I think, actually, and this character was also a great example of that because, for one part, she never wanted herself to be a problem. For two, if people overlooked her because, obviously, like, the, they came down, they didn't try and, like, go after her or anything, they just kind of walked right past her in a sense, right? It's like one of those things where you're going to miss the people if you overlook someone, and you're going to miss them, but they're they're still capable people. So she got to kind of fly underneath that radar sort of thing. I like those elements. Like, I guess, but I, I think she also had a good command over yes. the people that were around her. She it, she was literally in charge yeah. of a whole bunch of soldiers, and, and, and she was nobody most, questioned it. She was one no, of the most no. confident characters I've ever seen and, in Doctor Who. And she has rockets on her at all times. I mean, yeah. she just, like, well, like rolled up to the Doctor and was like, Hey, I know who you are. What's up? What are you doing? Yeah. 
And another key aspect to this is that Russell T. Davies' writing allows you to care about her. She yeah. is someone that has a musical theme behind her. She mm-hmm. has something, she has a little bit more pizzazz than your typical characters that we've seen in the last so many years. <clears throat> no main names will be mentioned. Um, <coughs> but, <laughs> but I'm just saying that it's just, it's kind of refreshing to see some of these newer characters. Um, come through, and it, it would be nice to see her working alongside Osgood in some in some mm-hmm. way or another uh, in the future. That would be really cool. Um, but I, <clears throat> I do think we kind of skipped through the whole transgender thing. I, I will say this: <clears throat> being a father who has a child that is in that um, realm of things, I would say that. Some of the scenes at the beginning were absolutely dead on for how they portrayed a family struggling and or just kind of waking up to the challenge of having a transgender child. And I think the, especially the conversation between Donna Noble and Sylvia Noble was absolutely stunningly perfect and dead on. I think that was, I've, I've almost heard those exact same conversations in my own house. So it's, it's, it's nice to show in a subtle way. And I think those were subtle. That was, it was. And a, they were beautiful. It was a beautiful, it also was a correlation to Donna Noble and how she was brought up by her mother. And her mother's been so hard on her and so almost uncaring in a sense that Donna's obviously trying desperately to get her mother to say I love you or to say something nice about her um, I think that shows how strong of a parent Donna is in this regard well also it shows you know we well we saw in that same scene at least a lot of evolution in Sylvia and Donna's relationship which yes. makes sense I mean they had some breakthroughs and then also Sylvia's had to be protecting her daughter actively all this time yes. and we really see that like Donna, is, you know, making the same sort of snarky comment she made before, but it really kind of has taken more like, this is just a fun joke that we have between us that you never tell me you love me, not a, this is an actual serious thing that you've never told me that you love me. <laughs> I have to say, they, they kind of destroyed the house with the unit and um, the RARF uh, coming into the, the house. I'm wondering how they're going to cover that when they're all back. Unit. <laughs> Oh yeah, Kate, Kate Stewart is uh, accommodating living for uh, Wilfred, so maybe... Home insurance claim? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's definitely going to be covered by units' uh, accidental uh, alien destruction policy. Some people online have made it a point that <clears throat> the uh, scene where they're discussing gender pronouns is a little controversial, a little bit more in your face. I didn't really see that as much. I thought it was more humorous than anything else. Yeah, especially because the doctor's got that whole, you know, I'm the doctor, the definite article. And that was hilarious when the meme throws it back at him. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that kind of... Um, I mean, I, it really wasn't that big of, de- of and, a and deal. And it made sense yeah, and, and that we saw like, reasons why Rose would be, like, insecure about it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and not that you should make, you know, any gender assumptions in general, but it's really hard to make an assumption with, like... Um, an androgynous alien being mm-hmm. as well. So, like, you really kind of do need to address it. I mean, the only thing is is that it's a naked alien being, so... Yeah, but did you see... Were you looking at their well, Which what, what, what kind of genitals uh, what, did what, you what identify? Did you see? I, 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 I didn't see no, I'm, I'm just saying... Where that focus. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how, many, how many different sexes do you think there are, you know, amongst memes? But uh, to are. that point, I mean, if you look at two mice 
you're probably not going to be able to tell them apart necessarily either. So it's kind of one of those deals. All right. Well, in a totally non-weird way, because you guys <laughs> made it weird, I would like to say I, I really liked that the meep was really cute. And even the doctor pointed out, oh, it's so cute. And then the fact that he turned out to be the bad guy and the, you know... The, rat, the Rick and Morty looking villains mm-hmm. uh, turned out to be like the good guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if anything, like I think that is the real crux of like what media is. It's like the attractive people are the good guys, <laughs> and the bad guys are not so attractive. Like well, I know that there, if that rule well, is broken too, but I feel like that's done a lot more consistently than you do like someone, you know, with disabilities that yeah. I can think of being portrayed. But I sh- uh, to be honest, it's not something that I, you know, think about a lot when I'm, I'm viewing it media as well. Yeah. This, I felt, was one of those really good episodes where it, it, it was all about, like, uh, what you, your perspective, how you sell the world, and how you need to realign and adjust your perspective when new facts are brought to you. Like, the doctor's like... He put on his thing, and he's like, why, why, why are we having a judge thing? This is what everyone was like thinking. What are we, what's this? Why are, why are we doing this? We know who the good guy is. We know who the bad guy is. He's like, no. Because I noticed this. When when they're shooting at the car, like, I, I turned to Lorraine, and she was like, I'm like, those bullets aren't doing anything to glass. <laughs> and, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, no, they're not doing anything to that car whatsoever. I noticed that too. And then and then and then you get that immediate payoff of those are stun guns. I should point out uh, this story actually originated in a Tom Baker comic strip back in the 80s. Really? So this what? was not an original Russell T Davis idea. This was uh, an idea put out by actually one of the Sandman creators as well as two other comic book artists and they also adapted this for Big Finish Audio as well. Um, And I think Tom Baker was in it. So they actually have had this particular story already done twice before. Um, The the thing with the soldiers and the meep and the fact that the meep is evil and all that kind of stuff, that's all directly straight out of the comic. Mm -hmm. Um, They obviously, a lot of the side plots, especially with the 10th Doctor and Donna Noble, are all completely new. Mm -hmm. But for the most part... This story has already been told, and I think for the most part, well, I I saw the making of uh, documentary on this, and and the two creators of of the Meep and of all these creatures were absolutely gobsmacked by mm-hmm. how amazing it looked in reality because you couldn't have done this on the budget in two thousand seven eight. You could definitely do that with a Disney budget. Mm-hmm. So getting that Meep character, which is part puppet and part um, person in a suit um, really was extremely well realized. Of course, the CGI for the face was also there. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a good point because honestly, with the 2007 (laughs) budget, it would be really hard to have that thing not look creepy. Mm. Yeah, on this one, be full puppet. But yeah, but it looked and it looked, you know, really cute. But it was kind of on that edge. It Mm. was, and I. I think one of the things that made it even cuter was the E.T. still in scene where oh, where it hides amongst all of oh Rose's uh, intriguing co- uh, collection of animals. I, I do have to say, Rose has the most adorable impression of a Dalek I've ever seen. Well, and also I would say that I thought that was kind of a holistic kind of family kind of idea, having Rose um, create this this kind of 
online business to help her own family out. Um, some people are like, oh my gosh, all the themes in this are not family friendly. I'm like, this is one of the more family friendly episodes. This is the most family friendly episode. Although I did, I did like find like, I I did find myself like right in there, right down. I was like, I will burn down the world for you. I was like, well, would have been nice if you saved her a little bit of a nest egg. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Though I did, I did notice when, uh, when the machine was used and it was drilling into the earth and starting to form cracks around the entire city. When it was eventually stopped by the Dr. Donna, it all sort Convenient. of reabsorbed and like the cracks like spilled over. There was no lava anymore. I was like, yeah. how did that what work? What tiny-wimey dry Well, well, well while we're on it, how did the doctor draw a wall out of like with his sonic screwdriver and it like blocked bullets? Probably That's what the screwdriver does now. <laughs> you know, this is one of those things where we do have to give the creators and I hate doing this I don't like it I, I'm an old curmudgeon the song screwdriver only can do a couple things really well it could open doors everything else except for wood and that was its greatest feature but and it can assemble cabinets assumedly made out of wood so there, there's <laughs> but, a line to be drawn somewhere so my point is is that as it's gotten more powerful there's always new things I'm just like I mean yeah really? but, it, but this is too this is my like Am I just old, or is this just, like, too far? It, it, it seems too far, and also because it wasn't <laughs> really necessary. They just could yeah. have, you know, built the set differently and not have needed those walls at all for this plot. So, there's plenty of ways to get but around like, it. But, but like, also, yeah, it seems fairness, like there's too much of a crush. With yeah. it, in fairness, it also walk. does seem like there's a lot of Doctor Who where there's a lot of people with these cyberkinetic, very advanced projectile weapons and, you know, the doctor and his crew are just like, well, we better up our speed by, you know, a few miles per hour. That'll get us out of here. And it pretty much always does. <laughs> it seems a little unrealistic. Like, maybe if there was a power shield, I could be more forgiving of it. Which I felt like here. Like, here, like, oh, there actually was danger, and they're doing something to avert it. Rather than it feels like we're wearing this plot armor, and it is thick. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I, that's I, fair. I, I, I will admit, like, I was okay with it. I was just like, this is getting... This Sonic Screwdriver, from humble beginnings, has come a long-ass way. It's turning into, uh, like, a Harry Potter-like wand. Soon it'll be doing spells. It'll just flick it around, and something weird, like lightning, would happen. I think the only think two things that this Sonic Screwdriver did that actually were old school were, A, unlock locks, and B, it was good at resonating concrete, which actually does make sense. Yeah. Other than that, <laughs> it gets a little bit ludicrous... But then again, the Sonic has done so many weird things over the years, including um, medical advice for people that are ill or hurt or injured. So I don't know. There's just a lot of things going on with that thing. Also, the 12th Doctor scanning the dead, the obviously dead person saying, yep, he's dead. <laughs> All right, someone we haven't talked about yet is uh, Donna's husband. I think it's Sean. Sean. Sean Temple. He was awesome. Yes, he, he was. He was like the, the most, most chill person most ever. Chill, most like go with flow, which you'd have to be Something married to good. Donna. Yeah, being with, you know, like, being with Donna does have to have 
And as a ta- as a taxi driver as well, I bet you'd have to be pretty chillin'. Yeah, and just like in that car, I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, Donna's wild. Like, oh yeah, she gave away millions of dollars. That, yeah, that's fun. 160 uh, million Six, quid. 166 yeah. million quid. Yeah. Yeah, like, it does seem like she should have saved some money for her daughter. Like, I mean, well, she, she definitely identifies that too later on. That's true. I, I think, yeah. I, no, she identified it the minute we got Dr. Donna back to us. This is all your fault and what you reprogrammed me and I... Which is such like, a Donna move. <laughs> the, the like, at, at that moment, but you see, that actually closed that whole loop, didn't it? Like, it, yes, we're like, golly, she got rid of all that money and everything. But then once you get the whole thing, it was the embedded, like, must be like the doctor in her. It's like... And that's what the doctor kept asking. Why did you do this? And he, he was just so confused by it. Like, yeah, because it's very unlike It wasn't her. like the doc. It was like Donna, but it was very doctor-like. Right. I mean, case in point, he gave that money to Donna to begin with. Yeah. So, oh, also, yeah. sorry, just mentioning the money. The fact that Neris made another <laughs> resurgence. I think she only got shown on camera once, but Donna mentioned her like almost every episode of just like she's constantly mad at her and having some sort of feud with her. Every time. <laughs> like, Ner- Neris is the one that danced <laughs> with um, the, the guy that was supposed to be Donna's first husband that turned out to be evil. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, I think, the only time we do actually... Well, no, I think there was one other time when she was with her friends and Neris was there too. Oh, uh, well, then maybe several times because she was at the wedding yeah. at yep. the end. Well, that that's, yeah. The no, other, no, 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 the, the, the wedding The actual wedding. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, okay. And, like, she's like, oh, like, why did you make me wear peach? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true, that's <laughs> they true. They made her wear an unflattering dress. <laughs> But apparently she's had an accident, and she's okay, but she's not okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, someone else had an accident, and, or she was around during someone else having an accident. It was a an interesting sort of word play as a doctor. It's like, oh, she's okay. Oh, she's not okay. That was well, just she's, she's doing okay. It's like... Yeah, that's what I was referring to. <laughs> yeah, that was... I mean, this just had all those, those lovely scripted moments just that just... It, it it made this entire episode feel like a warm hug from the past. It did. And uh, it, I, I was really worried about how I would feel going into this. Like, okay, David Tennant and, and Chris, right, Kristen Tate? Catherine. Catherine Tate. Catherine Tate. I can't remember names ever. When those two, those two were like, they, they had such a lightning in a bottle like relationship. And I was just like, oh. But can you capture that again? And I'm like, yep, we're here. They nailed it. All and, of them did. And, and I mean, the thing is that they nailed it in such a beautiful way. Again, at the beginning, you're like, this, oh, but and it shows that Donna's broken and I'm feeling that loss. But once she was there, once the Dr. Donna was back again, I was like, oh, it's great. And then at that same moment, I'm like, this, no, but this is the thing that made me cry so hard when it first happened. And like, they did it, like, so well that it yeah. really felt like, okay, they might just be doing this. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I understand why, you know, you know, from creative direction, they wanted just, like, Donna original, you know, paired with the Doctor. But I, I really would have found it really interesting. And I would have loved it to keep, like, the Doctor Donna oh, and um, the Doctor right there. Like, I still, like, I feel like I, I don't feel like there's a great explanation for why they had to let go. Yeah, I, I, I felt like there. that was really and, unnecessary. 
I well, decision was it, it it became a little convoluted um, when they it not only just for the whole non-binary thing, but I think it also um, when when you insult when you use an insult to kind of go against the doctor as he is now, and we've kind of mentioned this brief, briefly before. I, it it kind of casts a shadow over the whole solution, and it seems very. It, the whole ending was very rushed. Yeah, I very mean, easy I, I and mean, very simple. The line was definitely unnecessary, but the action of letting go of the power, I still don't understand. Yeah, it, yeah. it's it seems um, just very much like they didn't have to do that. The yeah. sharing it would have been a good solution, and frankly, I also just as a woman found it very insulting that they felt they needed to throw some magical ability that women have to let go that doesn't exist like because we can't actually do things well or something and I assume as men you guys are insulted because that was just clearly an attack against men and it just I read it a bit differently I read it as the fact that women have to deal with so much pressure and yet they're able to let it go like how much is what I is what I imagine they were trying to go for, but it did not land. But why are I, well, why are you assigning that characteristic to me based I, on my gender? I'm not, not, not trying to say that I disagree no. with you, but it was like no, no. no I, 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 I read it a little the, differently though, because if you remember, the tenth Doctor didn't want to be. He didn't want to let it go when he was regenerating. He even said, "I don't want to go." I think that was kind of a reference to that particular point. Because Donna would have gotten all the memories of the doctor up until that point back as she as she had because of well, the I wish then that she had said, you know, oh, it's you know made a comparison to being human versus time lord rather than a gender thing. That would have been See, a lot better. One, my problem with the whole thing was how it kind of I'm not sure if it meant to, but it made it sound like the reason that Rose was the gender that she picked was somehow related to the doctor and her mixed with the doctor. Oh, I didn't think so. I, I It was like, I, again, I couldn't feel if that's what they were trying to... Like, she's I like, didn't think so. Because at the end she said, now I'm tr- my true self. And I'm like, but you've been your true self. So I was confused by that. Like, I think it's more that she had an awakening as to who she really was and okay. what was going on with all these weird thoughts that were going through her head that she couldn't understand. Okay. Well, back on the, the letting go part, I, I, I do remember that... Um, there was the Time Lord victorious mentality that the Tenth Doctor had, and Donna, assumedly having all his memories again, would be able to to see how um, he couldn't let go of that power over time. No, but that happened after, right? Yep. After the Metacrisis? After... Yeah. But assumedly she, she would have... Yeah, but she would have remembered... The original... It would have made Lord. sense for her to get all the memories of the Doctor once she was awakened again. Oh, so she then... She's connected to the doctor's so mind. She, she got all the ones that happened from... Yeah, I think she... Then. Yeah, because okay. she understood why his face had... She knew that his face had changed back to the 10th doctor and that he had already regenerated to that face. So oh, yeah. she even asked him, why is your face like that? I think it would make sense that she acquired all of the ideas and thoughts of the doctor. So she's kind of up Well, no, she asked, why is your face like that? If she's up to real time, then she should know... No, no, she she asked him why did it change back to that. Oh. So she knew that he had changed. Were they just letting go the regeneration energy? Yeah. They could have just saved a couple lives there, but they just... So I don't I, know that it was regeneration. It was, it was a metacrisis. It, it kind of seems like the, like Donna, and when she was the Dr. Donna and could have thought of this, like could have just gotten rid of 
that stuff back then and just could just feel trouble. that way. You know, yeah, it kind of cheapens that whole thing. Although so, I don't think that was the case because it was consuming her mind at that point in Journey's she, End. She, she, could, she was burning, burning, literally burning through the inside. The doctor had to shut it off. So and then once she had the child, a lot of the a lot of the burning was able to go away because there was a lot less in her own mind. I still think that it's it seems that if a you time let Lord, go half of it just like that. It it that's, seems that's nine months to let go of that. Thank you very much. A lot of lot of work. The only problem. No, I'm talking about the at the end. Oh yeah, half. The only that, problem not, I have the with that particular thing is that you're let you're still only you still have a consuming amount of time lord energy from all these other lives compacted into a human brain i don't there's still probably going to be enough to overload a human you probably have to have like what a long generation of families just before you can finally have it spread out enough. Well, it's really I don't know. seemed I, to be fine. I mean, maybe we could yeah, say that it wasn't going to be, but that was never really addressed. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of feel like they really could have just been like, oh, you know, two humans can, you know, handle the, yeah. the consciousness of a Time Lord, and that would have been I, so good. I, I think I, I think the whole point in this one is that that was one of the stumbles. I mean, it wasn't... And it wasn't... I'm not going to say they face-planned it. It just wasn't... Yeah. It could have been better. Like, there was, it just felt like a little heavy-handed for the moment. Especially because the rest of it had been so and, elegant. I mean, there, there's already attacked. there's already something to me to talk about how Rusty Davis has now set up this neat feature of, hey, if we want to have doctors returning now, like, between generations, we could have a... We could bring anyone we want to back and just have them meet up again. Because that's basically what he did with this new regeneration mechanic of you could have faces come back. You want to know what one of the rumors is? What? That Donna, in order to be saved, will regenerate into Shudigawa. But we'll have her in turn. Because not everything has left Donna Noble yet. That's just a rumor. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't know. But in a way, could, I mean, ugh, no, that's no. even We're, worse for the you know implications even, of the I, okay, I, I really hope that's I'm not. I'm unhearing that because that would make me, <laughs> no. honestly, that would be worse. It would be like invalidating Chudigatwa's doctor. I'm just saying this is the, there's lots of rumors circulating as to yeah. where this is going yeah. and how you and no, how you could no, feature no. other doctors and user six eight nine seven two four three's opinion you know is, on is, the internet is, is invalid. Yeah, I'm not like, saying all, that this is true. All I'm gonna say is that this mechanic is a neat mechanic. You could have if Matt Smith needs needs a paycheck or just needs something to do with his time. Hardly. Can, yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I don't think I, he has that problem. I don't think he has a problem. <laughs> But, you know, we can. this now is a mechanic you have as a narrative device where you can bring them back as older age. Because, honestly, we know Tenet doesn't look like... Or you could just healthy. go into a memory TARDIS. <laughs> you could just... I mean, there is a rumor that the Eighth Doctor will actually have a full series for just the Eighth Doctor. And it will be during his time as the Eighth Doctor. It won't be him revisiting his body. So that might actually be something that... Could be a nice little add-on. I mean, the Eighth Doctor is kind of just... He's almost like a ghost in the Doctor Who world because he's barely even there. So having something for him, Mm -hmm. the only disadvantage is that a lot of people might think, oh, well, that could take away from the 15th Doctor's time as the Doctor because no, you've never had two Doctors going at the same time. Well, my argument would be you're not going to... What about the Fugitive Doctor? 
you're not going to have that. You're going to have it There's would be like scheduled. Season. It would be off season, yeah. kind of. Oh, by the way, just to have some memories of what has happened before. Yeah, it'd be like all the other spinoff. Exactly. Series. So yeah. But at any rate. Yeah. Should we rate this one? Yeah. Oh sure. <laughs> I can go first. Go yeah. for it. So okay, we're back to form. We have Russell T. Davis. I felt like again, this was chicken soup for for the soul. This was, you know. The apple pie made by your made by your grandparents that you didn't get to you, you haven't had in like years and years and years. It's just comfortable, and it was home. Was it jank at points? Absolutely. It always there's always some jank, but it was it was actually as thoughtful as it can be. And I would say it's because Robert Davis did one thing. He had a goal, family. It really was a lot about family. Chosen and like your own family, so it was both. Because honestly, the doctor, as Donna kind of puts out, your your family too, basically, and that's chosen family as versus like Rose and her actual family, and and that I felt was beautiful because it was a great thematic device to build in how everything else worked into this, and then to then have also the concept of. Who's a bad guy? Who's a good guy? This world we live in is crazy now. You can't always tell who a bad guy is anymore. I thought that was great. With the most Muppet-style, like, beautiful villain. I, I, I love them. I just, I love the meat, okay? I, I, I expect them to, to fulfill the promise of the meat coming back in the future because... Or that. in the past. Or in the past. <laughs> I'm oh, it, it is. It will, the, it's going to go up against... Michael... The, no. I'm not, I know he's coming back. There's, the boss. The, the boss is going to be there. I'm aware of this. Okay. Anyways, the point is, um, I was trying to leave it open. <laughs> point is, though, I loved it all. And all of the jank and everything else. I mean, it's not perfect, so I would say eight and a half. Like, I, again, I'm rating this in, the, in a relation to how we've rated all the modern Doctor Who. Like, is it the best of all the Doctor Who? No, we know why. Clara's not in it. I'm sorry. Oh, Points God. are taken off for no Clara. Um, you could have had Clara. If Donna could be there, Clara could be there. They could meet together, and be the, it would be a 10 in a heartbeat. And points off for you saying Clara instead of Clara. Yeah. Clara, sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, I guess I'll, I'll do the rating then, then next. Um, so, sort of towards the beginning, um, with the, the montage, I, I did like that, as well as the opening and sort of the first uh, 30 minutes were really uh, tightly woven story and it was just uh, mostly awesome. Except for the doctor sneaking around, nobody noticing, that was kind of weird. And the, the unit soldiers with the psychedelic sun sort of could have baked maybe a little longer. Uh, but besides that, it was, it was a, a good... Uh, plot and another plot um, with Donna Noble and all that plot, sort of with the the meep as a, as a side plot, I guess. Um, but towards the end, trying to uh, resolve both of these plots, they sort of faltered a little bit on um, maybe both of them, because like it was pretty interesting when the meep changed over. Well, to the bad side. It was, you know, if anyone read the comics, it they, they already knew that. But uh, it just sort of, after that, was a little underplayed. It's like, 
hail to the meat, hail to the all high, just raises on a chair and is like Lord of the Ring vibes kind of. Um, but but it, it faltered a bit at the end and it just sort of felt a very underwhelming. Uh, I mean, the emotional beats were all there when the doctor was trapped in the two rooms um, and, and that was nice. But if I had to summarize it in a rating, I would say... You must. 795 out of 1,000. Well, that's the wrong scale. <laughs> what? So for um, 7.95. Yeah. 7.95. Alright, I'll go next. I really like this, and I admit that I think my rating's probably skewing upward a bit just because in comparison to the previous few seasons, just like, oh my god, this was so nice. But yeah, there were flaws in it. It wasn't perfect, but there was a lot of great dialogue and a lot of great emotion and a lot of great points that we've uh, brought up here, and I'm excited for the future Love the Villain, and uh, I'm going to give this one an 8 out of 10. Cool. Well, I resonate a lot with what Meep Meep Jeremy the Elder um, said as well. I think there's a lot of great, you know, we're back kind of vibes here. It's it's comforting. It's it's the it's the cookies your grandma baked you. You know, it's yeah, it's it's you know staying inside on the warm blanket as as the snow day was just called off. Um, I love this. You know, we're yeah, we're we're back in it, and it, it feels like. Um, a lot of the parts about Doctor Who that we love that seem to have faltered away like really have come back and mm-hmm. I, I think that's what the magic of this is and it's, it's going to be hard to contextualize because I, I think I did you know change my scale over time a little bit for the last era of Doctor Who you know through the Chibnall era and I, I probably gave some more more points than they deserved I definitely um, did yeah and it, it's I, I really want to give this you know a 9 here but I, I think we need to let um, give room for growth. You're right. It's not a it's not a perfect story. Um, there are some elements that are missing here, but all in all, I, I really did like the plot line. Um, I, I thought it was good. The meat was brilliant. Um, Rose and um, the rest of her family, I thought, were great additions um, coming into this as well. Um, I think eight point five is the right way to go. Mm-hmm. Russell T. Davies has always struggled with his endings. That's the first thing I'll say. But he's very strong in giving you an emotional attachment to characters that you truly love and that you truly care about. There was very few characters in this particular story that I didn't care about, that I, I actually loved having David Tennant and Catherine Tate back, um, having Donna's mother and and um, and Sean back, both, all of that just creates this kind of world building that is true to Doctor Who. The story itself, being an adaptation of, of the comic strip, was a decent adaptation. I wouldn't say it was like the greatest story that you could have come up with, but it definitely had some twists and turns. Um, may have been a little bit predictable, um, especially if you already had seen uh, the comic strip. <laughs> oh, you but, really? If you knew the story already, you yeah. knew the story? <laughs> I would hope. Um, but Yeah, especially probably watching it like two or three times before you watch it tonight also gave a lot of things away. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Um, but the thing is, is that, um, I mean... One thing that is definitely noticeable that we didn't really touch on too much is that, wow, Mm -hmm. 
Disney really has helped in terms of stepping up the game and Bad Wolf Productions too as well for how this series looks. It looks and feels like Doctor Who did before, but with a huge upgrade. In budget. In budget. Mm -hmm. The theme song and the opening credits alone look absolutely stunning. Um, Going back to the old Doctor Who Diamond logo was absolutely the right thing to do. Uh, because everybody didn't like the last logo for some reason. Um, I just, I find that there are lots of little things, lots of little things that were put in this that make this a gem of a story. But, and there's a big but, and that comes to the end again. And that is that there were certain elements to the story <laughs> that were rushed, that the pa- that were paced badly. And I, I, again, it's a lot to do with the ending, like Jeremy had pointed out. Um, and I, th- I feel like the, um, the overall feel of the ending, not the very, very ending, but like the, the wrap-up of this particular episode was problematic. The one thing we hadn't mentioned yet at all, though, is that there's a bonus point added for the new TARDIS. I absolutely loved David's reaction to it. I think it looks absolutely amazing. It's absolutely massive because that's an actual real set. There is very little CGI, if any, in that particular room. I um, liked the lights. The lights are awesome. It's a mood lighting for the emotions of the TARDIS. Also, also kind of a modern throwback to the classical sets. Exactly. It's, it's got that modern twist to, to the Tom Baker, Peter Davison, Colin Baker kind of around. And it has the round things. We yeah, but if it didn't have the colored lights, I think it would just be too stark white. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, they took the whiteness of the old one, then they added the LED lights. That yeah. This, that just, at first... It works. It works. It works good choice. Well. It was a very good choice. It adds so much more character to the TARDIS. Yes. When you say it's mind-blowing, they did have to blow it up after all. I don't think I can give this story as much as everybody else did. I, I was debating between 6.5 and 7, but I, I think this gets a 7 just from the emotional attachment to the episode um, and to the this plot lines in the story. Um, Rose is an interesting character, I, in, in my opinion, and I, I, I kind of want to see her get to go into the TARDIS. Yeah, yes. I feel like we don't know enough about her yet. She we don't. been more interesting if she kept some of that doctor energy around. Um, but also, I don't think we're going to have a whole lot more Rose. I think, I, I think the problem is that I think Russell needs to kind of focus more on the Dr. Donna and figure out what's going to happen with them so we can get to the ending. One sad thing for me, yeah, though... Yeah, I mean, it looks like that, but they spent so much time developing the character, it feels like... It, it almost feels like a Well, I think she's going to be back for the third episode. I don't know if she's in the second. Um, matter of fact, nobody knows anything about the second episode, so there's potential for a lot of surprises coming up. Oh, man. How, did AI write it for them? <laughs> No, no, no. It's just that it's... Russell knows. Russell knows. I'm sure the actors know. But it's just one of those things where it's been extraordinarily hush-hush. Almost none of it were in any trailers. So it's kind of like nobody has a clue what the heck Wild Blue Yonder is all about. But we're going to find out. All all I will say is that I'm excited for what's to come. Um, And I'm a little sad because we finally get David Tennant and Catherine Tate back. I feel like if we could have a whole season with them, I'd feel like it would be a little bit more 
a little less frustrating because we know that we're going to lose them as soon as we get them back. And it's just having those baked cookies, you kind of want to go back for more every you time. You do, I, and I'm hoping I can still have those, those baked cookie tastes, even if the cookies have a different, you know, kind of icing or sprinkle atop <laughs> well, there's definitely going to be some sprinkle when we get Judy Gatwa in there. <laughs> He's got energy galore. So, at any rate, well, tell us what you think. Shooty us an email at thehoovianreview at uh, gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or just talk to us on our Facebook feed. At any rate, have a good night, y'all. Bye. Bye. Bye.